3: Alright, you heard it. It's Candlestick Chronicles. He's Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Chris, we got a guest today.
2: Yeah. Guest show. Eric yeah, Christ. we got a guest. A very good one. One of my close friends on the beat. Um, one of the funniest already, people sorry. in the world. What's that?
3: I said I spoiled it already right at the top. Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh eric branch of the san francisco chronicle one of the funniest guys on planet earth um a very unique uh a unique sense about him i guess is is the only way i could put it he's Um, very self-aware extremely self-aware he's he's
3: in on the joke, which (laughs) is great i I really (laughs) respect people um who can find the humor in the things people find humorous regarding them
2: and he's also incredibly talented so he's very uh, good at his job very good at his job, incredible writer, great reporter. Um, And so he wrote a story recently for the Chronicle sort of recounting um, what happened in Tampa Bay in November uh, 2018 when he was reporting that Reuben Foster got arrested and he was the one who initially broke the story. Um, So it's not often that beat writers get a chance to break Uh, significant stories like that just because of the way um, the climate is so it was really great to to sort of get the lowdown from from eric what happened um him almost getting arrested uh, at the at the 49ers team hotel which was funny and then um and then afterwards at the very end he he talks about getting into it with some other uh football coaches that he covered in in louisiana which uh which made for a good ending to the interview
3: really like really peak branch stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if was, you know Eric, it's fantastic. I know you'd... him only a little bit and it just works.
2: Yeah. Him him getting threatened by a no-name indoor football coach in in central Louisiana somewhere is is the most peak branch thing that could happen. It's so, so funny. Yeah. But we're going to do a um we're going to talk about the team's running backs. I know last week, Kyle, we spoke about the quarterbacks and, and broke that down early in the week. This week, um, the interview ran a little bit long, so we're going to push back our breakdown of the 49ers running backs till next week. And why don't you elaborate on this week's old rush that we're going to do on Thursday?
3: Yeah, we got another another episode of old rush. The, the first one, uh, week one, 2011, was a huge hit. Uh, if you missed it, we're going back through uh, some old 49ers games, rewatching them, breaking them down, uh, and not not like super hardcore football breakdowns, but just having fun remembering kind of some of these games that that have maybe not gotten lost, but uh, you forget what happens on a on a play to play basis, and it's it's a really really good time. So we go through, break down the game. We got some categories and kind of awards. We go through at the end. It's. Uh, it's a ton of fun and we're doing week four of the 2011 season the 49ers at the philadelphia eagles that's that's i think the game that you and i both agree is sort of the the point that it became clear the 2011 49ers could could really make some noise
2: yeah it was when it was it was when it became apparent that the 49ers were good yeah because that
3: that was the dream team eagles and right uh, the Niners had a big comeback, so we're gonna we're gonna break that game down for you on Thursday. And, and like Chris said, we'll we'll have our roster breakdowns continuing next week. Uh, we initially planned to do it to do running backs today with uh with the Branch interview afterwards, but uh, Branch is such a delight that we ended up carrying him for an entire podcast, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and had to move some stuff around, but uh, well worth it, I think. To, to do that. So Chris, unless you have any final notes, uh, we're going to get to a quick break and then get to Eric branch of the San Francisco Chronicle. I
2: got nothing. Let's take a break. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner. Bet online. NASCAR is back and bet online has hundreds of other games, events and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA and UFC events, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's a great deal for you guys visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code blue wire just pay five dollars shipping again that's b-l-u-e chew.com promo code blue wire and now to eric branch
3: All right, we're back. Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle joining us. Going to talk about the Niners offseason, and he's got an awesome story to tell about uh, uh, an adventure he had in Tampa Bay. Uh, But Eric, first, do you think that this podcast appearance is going to get you over the hump to get verified on Twitter? No. Um, (laughs) Nothing
1: (laughs) will get me verified on Twitter. I
3: mean, (laughs) I've
1: come to that. Sad conclusion. Uh, I mean, I actually, I mean, this is fascinating stuff, but um, <laughs> again, like our one of our social media uh, people at the Chronicle said, okay, just, you know, you know, submit this again, you know, thinking this would be the magical time. Um, and, and so that was maybe a month or two ago, you know, made my request for Twitter verification and still crickets. So I, but I don't know, you know. I, I shouldn't immediately say that Candlestick Chronicles will not get me over the hump. I'm, I'm certainly hopeful. I am hopeful um, and cautiously optimistic.
2: So, you have you done the thing where you send in the picture of your driver's license and verify your identification and all of that? Done. Because that's really all it took for me. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't same.
3: that that difficult. And I'm way less important than both of you.
1: <laughs> well, no. Let's not go there. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I think your value is right, off, right on par, if not above, um, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But, you know, it really it is kind of my, um, you know, it makes me unique and different. And if I got the avatar uh, or the check mark or whatever, um, you know, would I lose the chip on my shoulder? you know <laughs> what i what i lose what drives me what gets me out of bed in the morning you know why you kick butt you know that, that could be the case so right. i wonder if it's
3: just a bit down at twitter hq they're like hey he, he applied again but we're not gonna do it
1: <laughs>
3: well so, so anyway
1: so uh it will be amazing one day if i if i do see the check mark i don't know what
3: you know it's gonna be a huge day
2: I can only hope I'm there to, to see the reaction when it happens. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. let's hope it's after the coronavirus so we can be in the meeting room together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the reason why um, I wanted to have you on, Eric, aside from the fact I that... Didn't. You... I didn't. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Chris aside...
1: pushed push for this, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> aside from the fact you're an excellent guest is uh, you, you recently wrote a story about uh, your reporting of the reuben foster arrest in tampa bay um towards the end of the 2018 season and i believe you won um didn't, you won an award for that coverage didn't you correct me if well
1: I no, I, I, if you might mu- if you must invoke that yes uh, uh i did um but okay. it was i mean we, we can get into it. it it was uh i mean not to be humble about it but it, it was a you know kind of a crazy night and it, it really was a team effort. I, I certainly didn't write that story. I actually wrote the words on my own, but uh, I, I had assistance and probably everything together.
2: Okay. So okay. the background, of course, is, um, and I will let you you fill in the details. But we go to Tampa Bay, uh, probably what two thirds of the way through the season. It's it's November, I believe, early November. It was um,
1: yeah, late November Thanksgiving weekend.
2: Thanksgiving weekend. That's right. So um, typically maybe not Tampa because Tampa isn't really that kind of town, but a little background for people like as writers traveling to cover games, typically if there's a game on the East coast that far away, we'll try to travel there on Fridays. Um, I think because of the holiday, most of us got there Saturday, um, with a 10 AM, uh, Pacific time body clock start for us. So it was, it was going to be an early morning and a quick turnaround. And so, <laughs> where my my vantage point from the story was I had gone out with uh with some colleagues to a local establishment um and went home in a state that I probably shouldn't have been writing and and calling um the police station and trying to get comment and things like that uh very very late at night or early in the morning depending on where you were and um but you were boots on the ground reporting the story Ruben Foster gets arrested. He ends up getting cut the next day. So Eric, why don't you take us through your day um and why you felt compelled to uh, to rewrite the story this week?
1: Um, yeah, so the Chronicle is, is having, you know, as um, during this time when we have no sports and, and we need to put out, you know, stories in a sports section, um, you know, we're as everyone else, trying to be creative. So they're having a you know, they said one of our editors said, Hey, why don't we have this series where we have uh, we'll call it untold stories. So it's, you know, I guess the gist of it is, you know, tell a story about it and how how you reported it. And obviously if it's has to be kind of unique or, or whatever. So um, that was the, the genesis, the inspiration for, for writing it. And um, yes. So you mentioned that, you know, I would have been, I'm sure out with you and, and whoever else you were with that night. But um, my trip to Tampa, I se- seem to have often have travel issues. And this was a, a time when I had travel issues. I got up um, very early to get to Tampa, at semi-decent hour um, that Saturday. And anyway, missed my connection in San Diego. Um, had to layover in Atlanta, a place I hate. Not the city, but the airport. Um, And anyway, it was just, just, you know, whatever. Not a great day. And by the time I got to my hotel, um, it was probably close to nine around Tampa. Maybe not quite nine. But anyway, it was kind of like, well, this stinks. I I won't be able to go out. So I was just hanging out, like watching college football. And then I got a a message, and it was kind of a, a secondhand tip. That Ruben Foster um, was either in the process of being arrested or had been arrested at the Team Hotel. Um, my initial reaction was just given my day, was not like, oh boy, you know, let me chase this scoop. It was like, oh no, I really don't I really I want the, to work.
2: <laughs> I had I don't had the exact same thought because for me it was. Do It was checking my phone right before going to bed and it's do I want to just go to sleep and then deal <laughs> with this in the morning or do I actually like try to write and report this right now and I I thought about it for about two minutes and then realized the fact that this has happened means that I won't be able to go to sleep even if I'm not writing about it so I just need right. to do this so i called up uh called up our editors and and got going on it but keep keep going with with your end of the story because your your story is much more captivating than mine
1: <laughs> well no we have to get you know what your blood alcohol level was uh at some point um <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but um so the tip was not it was not like this ironclad thing and without getting too specific about it just because the source and everything, but, um, You know, I did look into it and felt there was some validity to it, um, but nothing like, hey, you know, this is a story. I did call the office like, hey, this might be happening. You know, we might have this story. Um, And then I was, you know, of course, making calls to the Tampa Police Department, trying to get their public information officer. Of course, it was late on a Saturday night, so um, I wasn't having a whole lot of success. Me neither. No, exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of. A lot of dead ends. And um, so, um, you know, I just got to a point, I don't know how long it was, you know, at least 30, 45 minutes of of trying to verify this somehow. Um, You know, there was no online arrest record, but that didn't necessarily surprise me because from what I understood, it was like, maybe this had just happened. Um, So I, I was in this kind of state because I was like, well, this is a big story. I would like to be the first to report the story. And I figured, you know, any second I'm going to see, you know, a tweet from Adam Schefter or <laughs> Rappaport or whatever, right, you know, right. hey, Reuben Foster has been arrested. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind, like, you know, dang. So I didn't want to just kind of – maybe the right thing was just to kind of hang out and be patient and see what happened. But I thought, well – this is kind of driving me crazy doing nothing here in the hotel room. And I'm really frustrated, so I decided, you know, based on the information I had, I was told that they were staying at the Grand Hyatt Tampa Bay. Um, so I just took an Uber over there. It was just a couple of miles away, and, and honestly, I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, as I, I was like, well, I'm gonna, you know, go over there. But I, as, as I was going to the Grand Hyatt Tampa Bay, I was like, what, what am I? Going to, you know, uncover while I'm there. I don't usually go to hotels and snoop around to see if someone had been arrested. Um, but as soon as we um I was dropped off at the hotel, there was a police car out in front. And so that doesn't necessarily mean Reuben Foster had been arrested, but it was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then um I just went off to the side and I was just trying I could kind of see into the lobby. And I was, I think at the like, don't ask me what I was thinking. I, I think I was just trying to formulate, you know, can I confirm this somehow by being here? And so I I did see Keena Turner, of course, the former 49ers linebacker. He, he works for the um, Niners. So I was like, okay, well, I'm at least at the right place. You know, this person did tell me the right place to go. Uh, so I had a little more confidence um, that maybe, you know, maybe I, I was on the right scent. Um, and then there were valet drivers, uh, nearby. So I, I approached them and said, Hey, do you know anything about, you know, an arrest here tonight? Have you seen anything? And they said that they didn't know about an arrest, but they had seen an ambulance. They didn't see anyone. They didn't see anyone get in the ambulance, but they know an ambulance had been there, uh, previously. Um, I was like, well, okay. So at this point I'm thinking, okay, something clearly has happened. You know, I really think, you know, based on, Information. I think Ruben Foster has been arrested. Of course, I have no <laughs> proof of this. Can't write a story about, you know, ambulances and a police car outside. So I was like, well, let me go inside and I'll just see, talk to. Well, I, I'd also talked to a few guests who had come out and they had. They said, I asked them if they knew anything about an arrest at the hotel, and, and they didn't. So at that point, I went inside. I went to the front desk and I asked for the manager. And, you know, again, don't ask me exactly what I was hoping to accomplish or thinking, but I, I was like, well, you know, I'll ask him and maybe just maybe he'll spill it. Or maybe just I could tell from the look on his face. I, I don't know. I just figured if I'm there, I might as well try this. So they got the manager and I said, hey, introduce myself, who I was with. is A guest of yours here, uh, Reuben Foster, has he been arrested? Can you confirm that for me? um anyway after a little bit of back and forth uh which was not pleasant he um then said i was trespassing and he was going to call the police and have me arrested um and so <laughs> I, I don't know what i was saying other than like seriously and then at, uh, shortly thereafter he called for security uh the head of hotel security and the uh, hotel security guy came to the front desk and he evidently had been talking to, uh, to people and he's, you know, he, he announced, he was very upset. He announced that I had been harassing, um, the, uh, employees outside the valets and, uh, hotel guests. And he also threatened to have me arrested. And <laughs> so at that point, um, I decided maybe <laughs> I should leave because I I was like, they were, you know, so upset, and of course, you know, they are the hotel that's hosting the 49ers, so they're going to make a big scene of like, hey, you know, we're going to protect our guests, and you know, we're going to do everything um, to diminish or, you know, threaten or <laughs> actually arrest this reporter. Uh, did the thought of being
2: in Florida, did the thought of being in Florida factor into to this situation in your mind? <laughs>
1: <laughs> just that, of course, this would happen
2: in Florida. Just yeah, just like all right, the Florida's a little weird. Maybe I should act a, a little bit differently. We're not in California anymore.
1: Uh, yeah, well, at lead and Chris, as you know, I'm not a fan of Florida. I, I really enjoy 49 <laughs> states. Who cool
3: among you know,
1: us? I'm not, I'm not a fan of Florida, so I'm not. I can't say it crossed my mind at that point, but it does make sense. This this would have happened to me in Florida. It, what did cross my mind was I, I cannot. I probably am not going to be able to confirm and write this story if I'm in a jail cell, so or mm-hmm. in the back of a police car. So at that point, you know, it, I didn't obviously, you know, put up a fuss or anything. So
2: now, are you in? From... Are you in communication with anybody with the 49ers at this point? Is well, anybody getting back to you
3: aside from Kena Turner? <laughs> Yeah,
1: and so what I – it's a good question. Um, I did not immediately reach out to the 49ers, um, you know, when I first heard about this. And uh, logic for that was I did not think they would immediately say, hey, yes, um, you know, he has has been arrested if that was the case. And I thought if they knew someone was, um, you know, onto the story, if such a story existed – that somehow then for sure, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, we're, were going to have the story. So I didn't want to um, give, them,
4: uh,
1: yeah, give them any sort of heads up. Um, it, it was late. only later that I reached out um, to a spokesman and um, he said um, that he did not know that that, that was the case. He had not heard of that. And he said he was going to reach out to Kyle and John or one of the two, or whatever, and he would get back to me immediately. Um, I'm still waiting for uh, him to get back to me. Uh, so. <laughs> so anyway,
2: I don't yeah, think he uh, listened. So we'll, we'll we're probably okay.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Well, he can listen. I think it's I think it's accurate. Um, so that was you know that was the part that kind of made the story unique and interesting. Um, and so. It, you know, at that point, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, hey, no, I demand to be here or this, you know, anyway, I just said, yes, fine. I called my Uber. So I went outside to get my Uber and the head of security and like several other like random employees, <laughs> were, like stood, I don't know, five feet away from me, like for the five minutes where I waited for my Uber, you know, looking, uh-huh. staring at me, not talking to me, but just kind of, uh.
3: Just making know. sure you <laughs>
2: leave,
1: <laughs> exactly, because you never know what I was going to do next. Um, so anyway, um, that was <laughs> kind of the, like I say, the exciting, exciting part part of the evening. Once I got back to the hotel, it was more perfunctory of you know a, a breaking news story. Um, actually, our city hall reporter, as I was doing some other stuff, he was at, actually able. You know, he was back. Uh, in the office in uh, San Francisco, he was able to actually find, it, you know, I think moments after the arrest record showed up online, he was actually able to find it. And that was able, you know, then it was like, okay, we actually have something. And, and now we can actually write the story. I, I think at that point, I had pretty much written the the bones of the story and was able to kind of at least post something initially up online. Um you know once we had that confirmation so um well then i had editors you know throughout um, you know offering some assistance and obviously editing so it it was i don't even know i think i slept in you know chris i'm sure you had this similar um situation maybe slept an hour or two and then it was you know a one o'clock yeah yeah one o'clock local kick kickoff and we knew we were going to talk to john lynch you know before the game at the stadium because they had, you know already released foster by the next morning
2: yeah it was about and, 8 a.m local uh, time in in tampa which was 5 a.m our time right when right. they released him and and then yeah so that whole day i don't really remember anything about the game because by halftime i had a couple different stories written um about the whole situation and what john lynch said and it was it was the I mean, the Niners played really poorly, which wasn't entirely surprising. But yeah, it was it was one of the more surreal days for me because that had that was only my first year traveling um, as a traveling writer. And I hadn't really had a situation like that. There have been lots of like, you know, I've been writing about the team since 2013 and, and Branch, you're right there with me. There have been lots of like really random late night stories that come up that we have to drop everything and write but that was unique for me because i never had a experience like that on the road um so that was that was definitely challenging and and unique but um did it were i mean it did your relationship with the niners was that impacted at all like were they do they treat you any differently or are are you the guy now that they have to worry about uncovering their their dirty laundry or <laughs> has your relationship with them basically been the same?
1: No. If I've, if I had written like 10 more award-winning breaking news stories since, uh, I think <laughs> I'd be like, oh, oh dang, here he is again. Um, uh, but no, it hasn't been the case. And it wasn't like, I, I mean, it really wasn't controversial. He was arrested and it, you know, I, I don't think it was anything to hold hold against me necessarily. Um, so uh, no, it, it wasn't impacted. Um, but yeah I, I remember that I mean that that is a game you know I don't think any of us were really watching it the Niners were obviously totally out of the any sort of playoff contention
2: Right Tampa Bay right.
1: wasn't good there are not many fans there the Niners played probably one of the worst games of the year I think we lost like what 27 to 9 yeah. and then we had uh, we had like another that. story there was the John Lynch you know doing that story and then we had another story about how – you remember how um, there had been an incident earlier in the season with Ruben and his girlfriend back in the Bay Area where right. he hadn't been arrested, but there was a question what the Niners – if the Niners knew about that and if they had known about that, why hadn't they dealt with Ruben Foster at that point? So, yeah, it, the whole weekend was um, – was, I mean, it was in a way kind of uh, – it was memorable, and I mean the story. You know, Reuben Foster. I mean, you know, at the heart of it, it was a domestic violence incident. So it, right,
3: it was right.
1: not a, it was not a pleasant story. Um, but it was just, I guess, just a crazy kind of, in a way, just as a, as a journalist, I don't know if exhilarating is the word, exhausting. And it was just obviously, I think, for all of us, uh, a unique weekend.
2: In the very few instances where I've had a story, um, very, very few instances where I've had a story that I could break, I haven't broken anything nearly as impactful as somebody like Ruben Foster getting arrested. Um, but it is a very unique feeling because the first thing you want to do is hit publish and get it out there. Um, but you have to be accurate and you have to make sure the story's completely correct and you have to make sure you're getting, um, cooperation from enough sources to verify it and, and do it in a way that isn't going to come back to bite you because anything that you publish that's public, I mean, you can get sued for libel. Um, you could completely ruin your reputation as a writer. Um, so there's a lot on the line and it, and it's a big risk when you are writing about stories that affect people's livelihood like that. But it's uh it's part of the profession and and I I certainly commend you for for ignoring all of our invitations out to the watering hole and and instead <laughs> doing your job. Um, good on you for doing that. Why don't we transition awkwardly to something a little bit um less serious? I than... have a question. Oh, Kyle yes, has sir. a question.
3: Yeah, you said they were at the Hyatt Regency. Uh yes, Hyatt Hi- Hi- Regency Tampa Bay. I think that's what it's called. Is uh. Has it occurred to you that your photo may just be like in a, in a break room somewhere <laughs> yes. as somebody to watch for? If this,
1: if this person ever steps foot on a premises,
3: <laughs> threaten to have him arrested. The funny thing so you about have to cross that hotel off your list. The, exactly.
2: The funny thing about that too, is that I could imagine like what your aesthetic was at the time. Like you were probably wearing Like a Kansas City Royals adjustable hat you got from Target somewhere randomly. Um, You had your backpack. You mentioned that in the story. Right. Um, And Branch will often show up in the locker room with his backpack on because he's very punctual and sometimes doesn't stop by his desk to drop his stuff off before he comes in the locker room. And it's it's funny because we, we always joke, like, did you get all your homework done? Are you ready for third period? That type of thing. So I could just imagine Eric Branch in the lobby of this hotel being the least intimidating person you could imagine and then security freaking out and and threatening to arrest him. It's just a very funny visual in my mind.
1: Well, yeah, I had my laptop backpack with my laptop because I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, I didn't know if I was going to be there for a while. And what if I was able to confirm it there? and, And maybe I should just write not knowing that they wouldn't want me to hang out uh, in the lobby writing but that was a thought of like <laughs> hey maybe i'll have to you know write from the hotel i won't have time to so anyway that
3: that yeah. was my yeah. thought uh, no
2: you were uh, you were completely right on the money i'm just <laughs> i'm just breaking your balls as they say um,
3: now we can awkward transition.
2: now we can awkwardly transition so let's <laughs> talk football um a lot has happened since then the 49ers uh, had a 13 and 3 season were the number one seed, went to the Super Bowl, and lost. Um, They've had quite an eventful offseason, aside from all the COVID-19 stuff that's gone on. Um, The big moves, obviously, trading DeForest Buckner for the 13th overall pick, re-signing Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, um, Emmanuel Sanders signs with the New Orleans Saints. Eric, just given what the 49ers face now financially and, and the salary cap restrictions that, that they're dealing with because they have a lot of good players who deserve good contracts how do you think they did in terms of handling the pretty difficult task of keeping the championship window open while also getting younger um and and trying to sort of replace some key guys on the fly like they did with Javon Kinlaw to replace Buckner and then Ah, uh, Brandon Ayuk to replace Emmanuel Sanders.
1: Yeah, they, you know, as I say, they couldn't keep the whole gang together. um And I guess we'll know how effective they were uh, in a, a couple years, depending on Ayuk and and Kinlaw. Um, you know, I, I, I do wonder. You know, you just with Eric Armstead. You know, so, so they made this. Decision and DeForest Buckner obviously was going to be the most expensive, and DeForest Buckner was going to, you know, get a lot back in return, much more so than than Eric Armstead, who was probably going to get them a a what third round pick, not number uh, thirteen. Right. So, um, you know, that all that all makes sense. You are now, you know, they had to do something, but but the fact is, now um, they're gambling on Eric Armstead. You know, for to have another really good year, his first really good year of his career. They're banking on Jimmy Ward to have another fairly healthy year, the second healthy year of his career. And then, you know, you never know with with rookies, is Ayuk um, Debo Samuel or is he Dante Pettis? And, you know, is Kinlaw, maybe not immediately, but, you know, at some point kind of at least Closely approximate um, DeForest Buckner. So there's a lot of gambling on kind of semi-proven or, you know, unproven guys in in the rookies. But, you know, I, I guess they had to do something. Um, I just think in in giving up, not giving up, but trading Buckner, he was, of all those guys, just mentioned the, you know, he'd missed one game in his career. He was the most dependable, steady. I mean, you knew what you are going to get with him. Um, obviously, he he was a second-team All-Pro last year, but he probably merited Pro Bowl and All-Pro consideration before that. Um, I do think it's interesting. I think the Niners have alluded to, I think it was John Lynch, that, you know, in fact, it was John Lynch. He said something about how they wanted to get bigger, you know, in the middle there, and he actually, you know, pointed to Buckner's weight and in, in Kinlaw, you know, being a bigger guy. And you mentioned, you know, going up against Seattle in their, you know, guards and everything. So I, I took note of that as like, maybe I don't doubt that they were pained and didn't necessarily, you know, were, weren't thrilled to be giving up DeForest Buckner, but it's not like they viewed DeForest Buckner as the perfect player in their scheme. Um, you know, based on what they said, wanted to get a little little more heft and someone maybe a little sturdier against the run. Um, you know, that said, of course, Buckner, I think, is a pretty good all-around player.
2: Yeah, that was actually brought up to me on the practice field. Um, before practice one day, one of the one of the coaches came up and we are talking about Seattle. I think it was in November before the first Seattle game. And he mentioned that he's like, man, their offensive line is so big. And I hadn't really thought about that before in in those terms and then thinking about it like we we widely consider the 49ers defensive line to be one of the best in the league and it certainly is from a from a pass rushing perspective. Um but the Niners were pretty mediocre in terms of defending the run and it didn't really rear its ugly head much throughout the season because they were playing from ahead so often. And it's a passing league to begin with. Um so I I do wonder about that but on the other hand it's like you know, it, yeah, I guess you're going to say whatever you're going to say in order to, you know, spin this in a positive light. Not that the 49ers necessarily had to do that, but to say, you know, we needed more heft on the inside. I guess I buy it. I, I like that. There, there is some validity to the idea that the Seahawks do have a big offensive line, but like the Niners losing to the Seahawks in November wasn't because of the size of their guards right? Like it was because of Russell Wilson. Um, so that, that was, that was kind of an interesting takeaway from that, uh, for me, but yeah, I agree with what you said. It's risky for sure. And Eric Armstead isn't exactly a, um, you know, Gilbert Brown in there either. He's, he's, he's tall and and long, but not exactly hefty for, for a defensive tackle and neither Solomon Thomas. So that is an interesting point that, that Lynch made up. Um, let's, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo real quick uh, because we live in a society, um, Kyle works in talk radio and, and so much of the talk radio discussion. And I guess the internet discussion that we all have to deal with is, you know, is Jimmy Garoppolo the right guy? Is he good enough? Should the 49ers have gone after Tom Brady, all of that stuff. Um, I mean, it, it's always been a much more nuanced conversation than that to me. And I understand that that's probably in conflict with the way a lot of people view these things. But just in terms of Garoppolo starting 16 games for the first time in his career, getting the 49ers to the Super Bowl, coming up short in the fourth quarter, or long, I guess, depending on if you want to make a pun about the overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders. But where are you at on Jimmy Um, and do you think the 49ers handled the, the Tom Brady situation the, the correct way?
1: Uh, yeah, I think his Gra- Garoppolo is a very good quarterback who, as the Niners have said, you know, has a lot of room for growth. It was his last last year being his first full season as a starter. And, um, I mean, I, I think he's in the top, what, put him in the top 12, 13, or, or whatever it is with, again, room to – Soly really get get inside the top ten um I do wonder though you know where Kyle shanahan of course is, is demanding of a of a lot of positions and players, but you know particularly quarterback and just some of the things that went on during the season uh later in the season in in the playoffs and just kind of reading the tea leaves you just wonder you know why why Kyle Shanahan doesn't seem to have you know he doesn't have to have full confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo, but why he's, he seems to at times have very little confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so, you know, pointing to the fact that he threw a pretty bad pick just before halftime of the divisional playoff game against the Vikings. And then, you know, for the next six quarters, he, he was handing out the ball. And the point could be made that, well, you know, no one was stopping Raheem Mostert. And and so why, why not? Um, But then, you know, obviously the much-discussed just before halftime of the Super Bowl, um, where he kind of went into a turtle position instead of attacking and, you know, trying to get more points against a team you knew you you have to score a fair amount of points to beat, um, which evoked, of course, what he did before halftime against the Ravens, another big game uh, where he didn't attack with uh, Garoppolo just before halftime in a very similar situation. There are just kind of things he said. I, I think Garoppolo's tendency wasn't as pronounced later in the season, um, but I, I guess kind of throughout the season, were like that interception he threw against the Vikings, he just didn't didn't see a guy. I don't know, it was uh, Kendricks, but whatever, a linebacker picked it off and he just didn't see him. That it just freaks Shanahan out like, how are you not seeing that? Um, you know, he did throw, what, 13 picks. I think his interception rate was. 6th, 7th, 8th highest in the NFL. I and mean, so that was, in, in critiquing his season, you know, those interceptions, those mistakes, often a lot of them are like, you know, not not like, hey, it's a deep ball and the guy picked it off. It's like, you're kind of scratching your head, like, what did Garoppolo see there? Why did he throw that? So I think that's freaked Shanahan out to the point where he is, is yet to fully embrace him. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, he, he's been looking to replace him this whole time. Not, you know, not at all. I, I do think it's interesting that, you know, in, dis- in going to the Tom Brady discussion, that the Niners, you know, as Lynch certainly Lynch has said, maybe Shanahan. You know, they took two or three days to kind of grind tape not only on Tom Brady to see where he is where he is at forty two. But also I thought it was interesting they're grinding tape on Garoppolo. It's like, I mean, I guess I understand that. You're trying to make, make the best decision there, but don't you kind of know what you have in Garoppolo? Um, and I think, you know, if Garoppolo was maybe in that top 10, not where he is, uh, wherever as it relates to the rest of the NFL's quarterbacks, I mean, there, there are a handful of teams, whether it's just because their quarterback is so dang good or he's young and they're invested in him and they think he's going to be good, like, say, the Giants and Daniel Jones. Um, There are certain teams that are just saying, well, hey, that is Tom Brady, but it's 42-year-old Tom Brady, and we really like our guy. So it does say something about where the Niners are with Garoppolo, the fact that they had to take two or three days and and really investigate it. As the Niners have said, and it does make sense, it is Tom Brady, and and so you do your due diligence. Um, But I think if... They were fully had embraced Garoppolo and were you know really really married to him. Then you say, well, that's very that's very nice that Tom Brady wants to play for our team and he's from San Mateo, but you know we've got our guy and you you really don't have to have the discussion. Um, So anyway, I think Garoppolo is going to be fine. I think he's going to have an even better year this year, Um, but I think the conversation around him um, will continue uh, at least up until Week
3: One. So you think he's the starter in 2021?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I, I guess it helps that Kirk Cousins is is an extension.
3: Yeah.
1: I don't know if you guys heard Kyle Shanahan likes Kirk Cousins. Get out um, of town! No, I, I swear. But now is Aaron um, Rodgers our new Kirk Cousins? Uh, you know. But I I say that facetiously. I, I I do. I mean, grew I grew up
3: in Northern California. You
1: know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really?
3: I swear. I,
1: did the Niners pass on him
3: uh, in the draft in two thousand five?
1: No, with another quarterback. No, I
3: don't think so. I don't think <laughs> <that happened.
1: laughs> yeah, I think Garoppolo would really have to, you know, fall in. He would certainly have to take a step back, you know, and, and really regress. Um, I think
3: so. I think that's
1: but the, I, I guess another thing which is is notable is, you know, if they had restructured his contract. And made it so, you know, they couldn't move on from him year after year, um, you know, without much of a, a financial hit. As far as Dead Cap, um, you know, could they have more or less kept the game gang, gang together? Because they, they could have saved a fair amount of money in restructuring grappos deal. Right. Uh, you know, that was certainly out there for them. You know, they did it with other guys in, in Western Richburg and Quan Alexander. Um, they elected not to do that. Um, and now they have the flexibility um, to I think it's what two point eight million if they were to release a trade him after it. this year. Um, so I, I think that's that's pretty telling as well, just as far as their hesitancy to to wrap their arms around him.
2: Well, I think uh, I think we've taken enough of your time, Eric. So thank you so much for telling this story about the time you've almost gotten arrested. <laughs> have you almost actually, can I ask you this have you ha, is there any other point during your journalism career where you've almost gotten arrested or is that the only
3: one or not during your journalism career let's yeah. get deep <laughs> Well yeah
1: there are some I uh shared that story on Facebook and a college friend mentioned a, an incident uh, but anyway we don't want to get into <laughs> we're going to <into> the college <laughs> college stories no I was never and actually a sports editor of mine uh back in uh to for a smaller paper and central Louisiana, mentioned a few coaches that had threatened me but not with arrest um, you know just wow. kind of I, I don't know uh, threats range from there was a a, a minor, le- minor league indoor football coach um, and I, I won't bore you <laughs> with all the, all the details but he threatened me with, with violence over the phone he was going to find me and do something to me um, why? why? Do- I, he, well, I was working on a story, he had, um, among other things, and again, this this is Central Louisiana, um, indoor football, uh, but not like Arena League, it's like the third-rate league, whatever it was at the time.
3: Third-rate Arena League, right. <laughs> third-rate Arena League,
1: and... Um,
2: Did you call it that to the coach? Is that what you said?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> not, to his, not to his face. He just um,
3: really hated backpack. <laughs>
1: But he had whatever, you know, his bio on the team website said he was like a draft pick of the Cowboys. And growing up a Cowboy fan, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I've never heard of Jim Goodman. And he was a, a said he was a quarterback. And um, anyway, there were other things in his bio that, that really didn't add up. And so, you know, I looked up and no, there was no record of him being drafted. I was like, well, maybe he's been in, was in camp and maybe. It's not that big a deal. I got in touch with the cowboys. No, we've never had Jim Goodman you know on our roster at any time in our existence, and anyway, there was just more stuff that he'd made up, and so I had called him and said I was going to write a story, you know saying you know he'd falsifies all these things all, all these things, and that's when I forget exactly what he said he was going to do to me, but he did say he was going to come find me and you know kick my ass or whatever so. That was Jim Goodman. There was a division also in Louisiana. There was a Division Three <laughs> uh, football coach at Louisiana College, Marty Seacord. If you're listening, Marty, I haven't forgotten you. Uh, uh,
3: avid listener, avid
1: football listener. Sure. Sure. He had come from the high school ranks, and you know, Louisiana College was just not a good Division Three football program. So I, I had the audacity to to write stuff like they had lost the game. And the quarterback had you know thrown three interceptions, and he took offense to my reporting uh, the facts and so he told all all his uh players uh, not to talk to me, so I had no access to the Louisiana college wildcats uh
3: because of Marty seacord and anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know how we got here, fellas. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, not noticing, so I'm
3: noticing a pattern between you and uh things happening in the Gulf of Mexico. So you may want to stay out of that region. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I had in, a, in the future, I had a lovely
1: experience in Louisiana, but for some reason, the, me and the football coaches didn't get along too well.
2: Well, we we should point out that Kyle Shanahan seems to adore you, um, and and mentions you by name. Uh, on on our Zoom conferences and and wants to make sure that he hears all of you, all every aspect of your your questions. Um yes, I so blessed. you have that going for you.
1: Yeah, I, I do have that, but we'll see. You know, you got to prove yourself every year. I could, <laughs> I could pull out his, his good graces at any time.
2: Yeah, there is that that possibility does exist. Um, well, Eric, we wanted to thank you again for coming on. This is great, um, great stuff as always. Everybody should read uh eric branch at the san francisco chronicle um and also follow him on twitter he might be hard to find because he's not verified but um he's uh he's an excellent follow his avatar is is particularly good um the photographer and that was excellent <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> yeah and uh yeah Chris, eric, did we you will, take uh, the photo that yeah that was a bead special yeah oh wow yeah
1: Yeah,
3: east rutherford right
2: Yep, MetLife Stadium, where we might be spending a couple weeks in September. Fingers
3: crossed. At the stadium?
2: Well, not at the stadium. I would <laughs> hope. Not. Um, but Eric, uh, hope you and the family, everybody's healthy and safe during these crazy times. And hopefully, we'll get to uh, we'll get to hang out again soon. I don't think. Have I seen you since Miami? Have we hung out? I would, uh, Have any of the writers been
1: Indianapolis? No? Oh, I
2: didn't go to the combine
1: okay uh we have Hopefully not seen you guys have each been other since. Yeah, yeah probably the press box in uh in miami on February
2: yeah that might 10. have been it wow it's been far too long so we'll catch up soon and uh and i hope you uh i hope you enjoy the weather getting nice uh in the meantime
1: all right hey i appreciate you all thanks for,
3: ha- for having me yep thanks Eric. all right be good
4: mypatriotsupply.com